A few weeks ago, I, I, I talked about, I spoke about how Jesus um, was in the temple area and everyone was asking him questions and skeptics were coming to him. And, and I said, you know, we want to be a church where you can ask questions. So I, I just said, you know what, write down any question you have. You know, any question you have about God, any question about the Bible, just put it on a little card, you know, and, and throw it in the offering. And, and I explained to you, I go, and, and we'll just have a Sunday coming up where I answer all those questions. I don't know what I was smoking. I mean, to, to, to think that I could take all of those questions and answer them all on one weekend, I don't know what I was thinking that weekend. Okay, that, that, I, I can't do that. You know, no one can do that. And, uh, but here's what we're going to do with those questions. Is I, I don't want to leave those unanswered. And what we're doing is we're, we're going to develop an area on our website where we list all of those questions with the responses to them. You know, and so different uh, staff people will help out. Some of the professors over at the college, I'm going to, you know, write some answers to it. Maybe even some of the, the Bible college students will, will tackle some of them. Just so that there's a place that we're going to maybe uh, do an ongoing area on our website where you can keep asking questions. And so there's a place for all of that. But I do want to address some of the questions this morning um, because some of them were asked quite often. You know, a lot of you ask the same questions. And those. I, I want to I wanna hit because I think there are things that we're all curious about. Now, one of the questions that I'm not going to address this morning that, that was probably the most frequently asked, and I think in Christianity it's most frequently asked, is why does a good God allow suffering? Right? And we've talked about that different times in, in church. But the reason why I'm not going to answer that this morning is next weekend a guy is going to come here and speak and I believe he's going to do a much better job of answering that question than I ever could. And, uh, okay, yeah, you know, I mean, um, <laughs> I don't know how to take that. Anyways, um, <laughs> he is going to do a much better job. And the reason is, is and, and I don't even know, honestly, I don't know if he's even going to address it um, specifically if that's his topic. But the guy that's speaking next week, this guy Nick, Nick was born without arms and legs. And so you'll see him next weekend. He's a guy, he's got no arms, no legs, just a, a stump and a, and a head, and he's just going to share about his life. And he's going to share about the struggles of growing up without arms and legs. And he's going to talk about the struggles of his parents, you know, just questioning God of, how could your, you give me a child that has no arms or legs? And you're going to see the joy of the Lord in this guy. And whether he addresses it directly or not, you'll understand um, He'll answer questions, you know, in ways that you would never expect. And I, I, I just, you know, because I'm, I'm actually spe I'm speaking at Rocky Peak next weekend and just really helping them and, and just, you know, showing them our support for them as a church. And, uh, and, and so I showed the video to my kids ahead of time of, of Nick and just saying, you know what, let's watch this guy and I, I want to talk about it afterwards and just talked about the stupid things we complain about, you know, and how we saw the light of God in this guy. And so you don't want to miss next weekend here. Uh, Nick is, is going to give us a message, and whatever he speaks on, it's going to be powerful. Um, but this, this week, here, here are the things I want to talk about. <laughs> I laughed because last night I told the people what I was going to cover, and then I didn't even get close to it. Because last night I, I came to church and I said, okay, here, here are the questions I'm going to answer today. Who made God? Explain His eternality. Um, explain the Trinity, you know, to way, where I can understand it and predestination. <laughs> I really thought I could hit all three of those topics. And, oh, I could do that in half an hour. You know, and oh, we didn't even come close. But we did talk about, I, I think that we did kind of answer, if you listen real closely, all of them, 
to, to a little degree, um, but I, I wanted to shed light on at least the, the first idea of, um, of, of the person of God, because really, all three of those issues have to do with apparent contradictions in the person of God. Like, how can he just not be created? If he created us, who created him? The understanding of how could God be God and Jesus be God, and they're separate, and the Holy Spirit is God, and yet they're one. Isn't that a contradiction? How, how can God, if he created the world, he knows everything, that he must have made it knowing what was going to happen and knowing the choices we would make, and in a sense predetermining that, and yet he holds us accountable for the decisions we make, and, and, and I have a choice in the matter, and yet I don't... Re- how do those two come together, God's sovereign will and our choice? Um, they all have to do with uh, this person of God. And you guys know that I like analogies. I like to bring a big toy or something on the you know, stage and go, hey, it's like this. And we all go, oh, okay, I get it now. That makes sense. Or some sort of story or illustration to simplify the things of God, right? Now, that's what's so frustrating about this. Because people go, oh, well, your gift is simplifying things, you know. You say things so that a little kid can understand. That's why you guys are here, huh? You know, it's just the whole idea of you make it basic, simple. But this is why this is so hard to me. Because when talking about God, it is a sin to simplify Him. It would be so wrong for me to come up with an analogy to explain a holy God. Because holiness, by very definition, means that there's nothing to compare Him to. He's set apart. Right? You remember last week when I talked about those angels screaming, you know, covering themselves up and saying, holy, holy, holy? You know, the, the whole idea is, is you're, you're not like anything. You're, you're set apart, you're set apart, you're set apart, you're different, you're different. You're di-. they, they didn't even have words other than just set apart. You're, you're distinct. And so for me to then say, well, he's like this or like that, that's out of bounds. When talking about God, analogies are off limits because of his holiness. He set apart. It's wrong to try to simplify God. And, and some of the biggest errors we make in our theology come when we try to compare God to something we're familiar with. That's what we want to do, though. Because we want to get our, 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 our minds around God, and so we want to compare Him to something we're familiar I did this. I've done this. And it's wrong. I, I did this when I was in high school, and, and someone was trying to explain God to me and understand that there are certain passages where, where Jesus says, well, if you've seen the Father, you've seen me. Or if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. We're, we're one. And it's like, what? How, how is that? And, and, you know, and then other places where, you know, when, when Peter said, hey, you didn't lie to, you lied to the Holy Spirit. That's lying to God. And it's like, well, no way, did I lie to the Holy Spirit or did I lie to God? And, and it used them interchangeably. And it's like, well, what is this? You know, the Bible says there's one God. And, and, and you know, so then we, we start coming up with analogies. And go, oh, I know. It's, it's, it's like an egg. You know, there's a shell, there's the yolk, there's the, you know, the white part, you know. It's like, oh, okay. And someone else goes, no, 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 it's like an apple. I remember this in high school. Someone it's like an apple. There's like skin, you know, that's apple. And then there's the core, that's apple. And yet there's the other stuff in the middle, that's apple, you know. And, okay, and then someone else goes, no, no, I heard one that's the best. Water. You know, because water can be ice or steam or water water. 
you know. And that's like God, you know. He's like, well, you can be Father, Son, but they're all God. And, and you know, I was like, oh, that's it. We got them figured out. And you Guys, that's, uh, that's just ridiculous. Um, I've done it, I, you know. But holiness, by very definition, is, is, is inexplicable. There, it's set apart. And so an analogy, any analogy, is going to be wrong. It, it, it's different. Like, like when, when Moses in Exodus 33 says, can I, I, I want to see you. You know, I love you. I'm crazy about you. Can I see you? And God says, you don't understand. I'm not like this little person you can put your arms around and this or that. He goes, if you were to see me, you would die. No man can see me and live. No one can see my face and live. Wow, you're that different. I mean, how do you, come, how do you explain someone like that? See, that's why, you know in that passage where, we've talked about this a few times, about when, uh, when Moses first encounters God in that burning bush, and God says, you know what, go to Israel and, and get them out of Egypt. Send, get, get my people out of, them, out of there. And, and, and Moses says to God, God, whoa, who do I say sent me to them? And God says what? I am. I am that I am. And I remember when I first read that, I'm like, what? You know, as a kid, I just did, I never got the meaning of that phrase when God says, I am that I am. It's like, what, what is that supposed to mean? And uh, now I, I feel like I'm understanding it more. I mean, that is such a powerful, powerful statement. I am what I am. He does not say, I am like an egg. <laughs> you, you see, you know what I mean? Uh, that's very important to get. Because he's saying, what I am, I just am. I can't give you a name to go back and go, oh, he's like this, he's that. I don't have a word to encapsulate myself. Just know that I just am what I am. Man, that's powerful. There's nothing you can compare me to. I just, I, I just exist. I just am. And just tell them that. And that's who sent you. And, and I, I love that because there's not a name that, that he fits into or, or a few words or a phrase that we can stick him into. And I, I, there, there's a part of me that uh, all of me wishes we could go back to how the Old Testament saints addressed him, you know, where they wouldn't, they didn't simplify him. They didn't have names for him. They, they just called him Hashem, which just means the name. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say his name. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna call him this or that. It's just Hashem, and he was just so sacred that it's just you know he just said I am who I am. It's just the name you know, him. Not even God. Not even you know the word God or whatever. It's just Hashem. Just the name that being. He's so far beyond. He just is who he is, and uh, and and we've lost. We really have just lost some of that mystical uh, reverence for Hashem, the name. And, and I, I just feel like an absolute fool this weekend trying to explain Him, you know? Oh man, it's, it's just been one of the most frustrating weekends of my life to just go, Lord, what am I doing up there trying to explain an inexplicable God? 
can you just pray with me? Can we just pray that God would somehow reveal Himself to us during this time? Father, right now we just surrender to You and confess that we cannot understand You completely. We admit that. But we pray that You'll give us some glimpse of what You are like this morning. In Jesus' name, Amen. I want you to meditate on a couple verses. Just look on the screens and um, just meditate on these two verses for a bit. God speaking, he goes, what are you going to compare me to? Come on, come up with something. What are you going to compare me to? Is there a person? Is there a person that you can, you can say, well, he's like him, like her. I mean, who's my equal? God just says that about himself. You can't compare me. It's wrong. It's out of bounds. It's off limits. Who are you going to, who are you going to compare me to? Next verse. Job 11 Just meditate on it. Can you figure him out? figure out the mysteries of God? Can can you figure out like his limit? Like what he can do and what he can't? Do you think your mind can figure that out? He just, you know what, what can we really know? What can we really know about this God? I tell you, these verses just reminded me of of how casually I speak his name sometimes. Go, Go to the next verse. This one brought me to tears, honestly. Picture God saying this to you. God on His throne saying to you, you know, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Think about that for a second. As the, as the heavens, think about the heavens. Think about, you know how we keep building bigger and better telescopes? You know, where we can see further and further and further and every time we look, we're like, What? There's more. There's way more than what we thought. And it just keeps going, going. You just go, where does it end? And everything has to end. But then you go, well, if it ends, then what's on the other side? You know, it just keeps going. You know how it just goes on for billions of light years, as far as we can see from these telescopes. And God says, you know how that is so much higher than you on the earth? He goes, that's kind of like my thoughts compared to your thoughts. The way that I think compared to the way you think, it's like that compared to the, to the earth down here. My ways, so much higher than yours. And, and you guys, I mean, I don't believe, I know that most of the people on the earth do not believe this verse. They don't believe it. 
Because we sit around and we go, you know what? God, why would God do this? As though we came up with something and figure out a way, something that He overlooked. Like, well, I don't understand. Well, then why did He do this? Why did He allow this? Why did He allow that? And God's saying, are you kidding me? My thought, you're questioning my thought pattern and the system I created on this world? Do you understand where my thoughts are compared to yours? It's like the heavens compared to the earth. That's the way I think, and here's what you think, and you're going to question me? It, it just, it, it's, it's ridiculous. See, and, and, and there were asked a lot of questions, a lot of the questions that came in, and they're good questions. Man, they're things I've thought through too, but I really believe this verse answers those. People ask, well, why did God create Satan? Why did He create evil? Because in my mind, if he didn't create evil, things would have been better, or this or that. He would have been a better system. Why did he create hell? Why, if God knew everything that's going to happen, why not just skip the whole drama of time on earth and just take us straight to the heaven part? You know, it's like, hey, I, those are good questions. Why this? Why that? And you guys, I, I really think this is the answer to that. It's like, you know, there's a there's a being who's on a completely different thought level than you are. And His ways may not be your ways. That's because they're so far beyond us. And am I willing to accept this verse that so many other people are unwilling to, that His ways are beyond mine, as, as far as the, the heavens are to the earth? Rick Warren has a great quote on this. He, he, says, he says it's like trying to describe the Internet to an ant. Try, you know? Try it sometimes. It's just like, you know what, you, you can't get it. Just pick up your breadcrumb and go. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it, you, we're on a different level here. And, and to say, wow, God, you're just in this other world. The way you think and your ways, do I accept that they're that much higher than mine as far as the heavens are from the earth? That much higher are His ways from my ways. And I, I love this next verse. Um, Psalm 145.3 Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. And I, I love it because it's saying great is the Lord and worthy, most worthy of praise. Why is God worthy of praise? It's because He's so great that I can't even understand Him. I can't even get His greatness. I, I don't even get it. And because of that, that shouldn't cause me to analyze Him. It should cause me to praise Him. You know, are you to that point where, where you, you accept? I mean, honestly, right now, think this through. At this moment, I'm asking you, can you, are you willing to accept the fact that there's a being in heaven right now, okay, that you cannot get your mind around? Can you accept that? Are you willing to accept that your brain cannot understand the totality of God? It's hard. It's hard to believe we have limitations because we feel like we, we should be able to understand everything. See, I, I understand. I, I mean, I understand physical limitations, but not, not really mental ones so much. Like, I understand physical limitations. I understand I've got some physical limitations. Every time, like, like you know, in a few hours we got our basketball league. Every time I step on the court, I understand my limitations. 
It's seriously, I'll just sit there and go, you know what, I'm never going to be able to play like that guy. I'll never be as fast. No matter how you know, much I train, I'll never be as fast as him. I'll never you know, be able to jump like that guy. And it's like, gosh, it stinks, because you just know I can only go so far in this. With every sport, whatever, I know my physical limitations, but, but mental, you know, I have a hard time with that one, and maybe it's my own arrogance. But, for, for example, this week, I was speaking in Oregon. I was speaking at this, at this uh, Bible school. And each week what they do is they fly in two professors, you know, to come and lecture these classes all week long. And uh, the guy that, that was there with me this week, he had a double Ph.D. and was working on his third. Okay? That just means he's really smart. And then there's me with all my toys. Hey, it's like this, you know. It's, uh... Okay, but I listened... I listen to this guy teach, and I'm sitting in class and going, wow, this guy's smart. But the whole time I'm going, I could do that. I just need to lock myself in my room for a few, th- ten years or so, you know, and just and study. I mean, really, I really believe that. I really believe that, yes, you're, you're brilliant, but if I sat in my room and studied all day for ten years, I'd be there too. And I would get that. I, I really believe I could get my mind around what he understands. You know, and, and so even the most brilliant of people, I'll read things that Einstein wrote and go, I don't get that, but I believe I could. I, it would just be a matter of tremendous discipline, study, and I'll get my mind around those concepts. I, I, you know, maybe I'm being arrogant, but I really feel like God's given me a mind that I can understand anything else that someone else on the earth understands as long as I work. You know, so I don't understand limitations. But then I read these verses where God says, you know what? Your brain has limits, such as understanding me. You can't fathom how great I am. You, you can study all day long, lock yourself in a room, try to figure out work harder, harder, harder. You're not going to fathom. You're not going to get it. So will you just at some point surrender to that fact and praise me rather than analyze me? Are you at that point yet? Are you still trying to figure him out completely? Still think you can Next verse tells us we can't. Again, the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may follow all the words of this law. Very important verse, Deuteronomy 29, 29. He says, the secret things belong to the Lord. Let's tell you something right there, that there are secret things, there are things that you're not going to know, they're secrets. And God alone holds these secrets. But He does say that there are things that He reveals to us. That's what His Word's all about. It's like, okay, He has told us some things about Himself that aren't secret that we ought to know. And He says, those things, man, search them out, figure them out, tell your children about them. That belongs to you. Okay? But just know that as you search and try to figure those things, there's a limitation here because there are secret things and those are mine and mine alone. Can you accept that? And the important thing is that last phrase. Why does He reveal certain things to us? It says that we may follow all the words of the law. See, when we learn things about God, the, the intent of Him revealing these things to us is not that we would sit in a room today and go, oh, good, I understand more about God. That's the goal. No, it's not the goal. The goal is that we may follow follow all the words of the law, that our knowledge of God should lead us to obedience, to submission, that we understand the greatness of God and it's like, okay, 
because of that, now, you, now that I know what you like, what you don't like, what you approve of, what you disapprove of, I'm going to come under that. I'm going to follow that, knowing that there's still, you're more awesome than I know. So let's, let's go to, let's just hit this question real quick. If God created us, who created Him? How were God and Jesus made? You guys, again, let's go back to His name. What's His name? I am. Now again, in those two words is a lot. That says so much, I am. You understand the concept of I am? I just am. I just exist. That's His name. See, I am is not my name. I cannot take that name for myself that I am. My name is I used to not be. You know, and August 31st, 1967, man, I came onto this earth. Nine months before that, my mother conceived me and I began to exist. That's my name. I used to not be, then I became somewhere in 1967, you know, actually probably Christmas time, 66. You know, it's just like, all right, somewhere in there, I started my existence. And yet God's name, by very definition, is I am. I exist. Don't try to figure out my beginning. I'm eternal. I made a world that everything has a beginning, but I exist outside of this world. I'm the creator of this world. Somehow I exist outside of space and time. And there's a very interesting verse I want you to look at in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11. It says this, he has made everything beautiful in its time. Listen to this. He has also set eternity in the hearts of men. Yet they cannot fathom what God has done from beginning to end. <laughs> okay, this is written by King Solomon, you know, and wisest men who the wisest who ever lived on the earth. And he says, He has set okay, to set it's the word to place or to put. You know, he just he gave in us, in our hearts, some sort of concept of eternity. Okay, stick with me here. God put inside of me a knowledge of eternal things. Okay, you know how uh, you know how you feel like weird childhood remembrances, you know, memories that you go, why do I remember that? One of the things I remember as a child was okay. I have an older brother, Paul. See, some of you guys met him. He's preached here before. And Paul, when we were young, you know, I didn't have a great relationship with my dad, so any question I had in life, I went to my brother, my big brother. I don't know if you guys had older siblings and you'd ask them questions about life. And my brother, he was the type of guy that if he didn't know the answer, he would make something up, you know? Because he would never say he didn't know. And he knew that I was dumb enough just to accept whatever he said. So whatever I asked him, if he didn't have the answer, he made up something without it, missing a beat. And I remember, this is one of my memories of childhood, I remember saying to my brother, I go, hey Paul, do I ever stop existing? Like, is there a time when I just end? And my brother looks at me, he goes, yes. <laughs> he says, everything has an end. Everything has to have an end. He goes, but there's an eternity. But even eternity has to have an end because everything has an end. So, you will stop existing, but don't worry about it because it's not for a long time. <laughs> I totally remember that speech. And the reason 
why I remember that, because I walked away from it trying to think it through. And honestly, I'm, I, I honestly remember nights when I, I would just lay in bed and I was just so freaked out by that. Thinking, because I would sit there going, so I'm just going to stop existing. How does that work? I mean, I would. I'd have nightmares about that and think, how does it just end? Like, how do I lose this consciousness of my existence? I mean, this is a little kid. It's just like, man, how do I just stop knowing that I'm around and then I'm just not around, period, at all, in any way? How does that work? Man, it bugged me. It annoyed me. I, I remember, man, many times I go to bed with thoughts of that, of when eternity ends, how do I just stop existing? And I really believe it bugged me because of the truth of this verse, even though I didn't know this verse. But, but there's a truth that God put inside of me, in my heart. He placed it ever since I was an infant to know that I don't just end. That, that somehow I live on and there's not an end to my existence. I believe that's woven into the very fiber of my being, this type of knowledge that I'm eternal, that I don't just end. And I believe that God's put us in that, in that so that we can understand some concept of eternity and of God's existence. It's like I don't end, He doesn't end. But the beautiful thing is the next verse. Psalm 90, verse 2, where God says, Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Understand that? See, I can understand everlasting this way. You know what I mean? Can't you? You can. Can you? I think our minds can grasp eternity in the sense of I'm never going to come to an end. I just keep existing. And what God says is, well, do the same thing this way too, and that's me. That from everlasting to everlasting, you are. God says, from everlasting to everlasting. I am. That's what this verse is saying. From everlasting to everlasting, I am. You just go, okay, I don't get that, but you are. That's what's amazing. Go to the next verse. You see, this is why we don't get that. Behold, God is exalted and we don't know Him. The number of His years is unsearchable. Can you accept that? you're not going to get everlasting to everlasting. Don't try to figure out where he started, where he came from, and how long he's been around. He says that's unsearchable. Okay, unsearchable. So you can drive yourself crazy trying to figure it out, or you just surrender. Another verse. First, do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. His understanding no one can fathom. You guys know that? Have you heard that before? Because have you heard this? Do you know this? That God's the everlasting God? He's the Creator? He, he doesn't grow tired and weary like we do. He does these things and, and it takes nothing out of Him. He's just always perfect. And His understanding no one can fathom. You're not going to get it. Did you, did you know that? about this God. No one can fathom His understanding. You know, and let me close with this. If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 131. Psalm 131, I think, it just encapsulates all of this for me. 
of what to do. In Psalm 131, God says this, or David says this, I'm sorry. As David writes this, he says, My heart is not proud, O Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. But I have stilled and quieted my soul. Like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, put your hope in the Lord both now and forevermore. He says this, he goes, Lord, okay, I'm not going to be proud. I'm not going to concern myself with things that are too wonderful for me. Okay, there's certain things that are your secrets, and I'm going to let them be your secrets. I'm not going to be so arrogant as to think, no, I'm going to get it. He goes, you know what I'm going to do instead? He goes, I'm going to become like a weaned child with its mother. Okay, I'm not going to try to figure it out, but I'm going to be like a child that's just been weaned off his mother and just I'm just going to rest in you. I'm just going to go, okay, you know what? I don't understand everything you know, Mom. I don't understand. I'm just this little kid, this little baby, and I, all I know is you've taken care of me, you've provided for me, so I'm just going to rest. And he says, he goes, that's what I'm going to do with you, God. My soul in me is going to become like a weaned child with his mother. I'm not going to have the soul that's just trying to figure out and analyze and get you. I'm just going to cuddle up next to you and go, man, I'm glad you're my father. I'm so glad that I'm under your protection. I'm so glad that, that you know, you, you understand things that my mind, it's impossible for my mind to understand. And so that gives me rest because that's the God that protects me. That's the God who sent His Son to die for me. The eternal God, that God loves me. And I don't know, I don't know what this stuff does to you when you hear about God's eternality and the part of Him that you just can't accept or understand the secret parts of God. Does that cause you frustration or does it give you peace? See, because the psalmist is saying, you know what it does for me? I find my rest in that. I'm so glad that I've got a God in heaven that my mind can't even understand. So rather than trying to figure Him out, I'm just going to praise Him and find my rest in Him, find my peace in Him. And as the worship team comes up, I just think the only thing we can do at times like this is not ask more questions. But what about this? It's like, you know, what David's saying to Israel, he says, hey, why don't you guys just shut up? You know? Try, stop trying to figure out things that are too wonderful for you and just rest in God. Just accept Him. Just enjoy Him. And if there's anyone here who says, you know what, I've never, I've never really given my life to Him. I mean, think about this. I don't know what's more amazing or what surprises me more. That God, that eternal being, loves me and wants a relationship with I mean, think about that. So from everlasting to everlasting, you're God, and yet you want a relationship with me? I don't get that. And I don't know if that's more amazing or it's more amazing that there are people on the earth that hear that God wants a relationship with them and they go, I don't really care. Really, what's, what's more amazing? That God wants a relationship with us or that some of us go, ah, i got other things more important than you. This kind of blows my mind. <laughs> like, how, how can you even think that way? 
And maybe today you're understanding the depth of who God is or just a glimpse of Him and you realize there's nothing more important on this earth for me to do than be connected to Him and find my comfort, my rest in Him and Him alone.